Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week, we are speaking with an old friend. She was one of the executives for our favorite show, the one that involved the pineapple, as you know. Uh, give it up for Jackie DeCrenis. Tim, you look incredibly handsome, I have to say. I was just going to say, the whole, the beard and like everything, and you just look amazing, Tim. Amazing. Jackie, I knew you'd fit right in because we spend, as you, if you've listened to the episodes, then you know we spend the first five minutes saying how great each other looks. You both and look same fantastic. to you, Jackie. You look fantastic. Well, I have to say, I rewatched the pilot and <gasps> Spelling Bee yesterday just so that like, because I realized that there is no way that my brain has the capacity to remember 18 years ago and uh-huh. also eight seasons and you know we did over I don't know 20 or 30 shows at USA Network so like it's not and Maggie you look exactly the same <laughs> it is crazy that's under text saying the same thing it's truly although I said even better now than back then here's the thing there was a very old series it didn't last long but it was one of the most provo- yeah provocative pilot concepts that we could ever remember and anytime we'd see somebody we'd always reference it who basically was ageless um but it was written by carl schaefer and it was called erie indiana and oh, in yeah. the and in the pilot the mom didn't age. It was like a Dorian Gray situation. <laughs> and then they found out that she was packed in Tupperware at night. <laughs> Isn't that so Tim, cool? Tim, see why I've been, I, there's a double meaning to, I want to keep you wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> I had this thing, Jackie, with him on the show always, where I was like, just because he seemed to be prone uh, you know, whether a bike ride or on set or whatever, like I just got worried about him because he would, he would, he, he had some injuries. And so I, I had this thing with him that I still say is like, I just want to keep him wrapped in bubble wrap. So Tim, I also I look at you, Tim, you look like you have been in Tupperware every night. You, you look, do. Uh, doesn't he look fantastic? Yes. Also, Jackie, Truly. you look exactly the same. I, that I don't feel, but I do think that there's a setting on the camera that allows the wrinkles to be. Oh, shut up. Up. So I put that <laughs> out high. Shut up. I don't believe it. You, I know. Like also tan and yes. you're, st- and you're still in, in Hawaii. We I'm still I, in Hawaii. I listened to some of your Maui episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jackie, and- your hair looks like you just came out of the ocean. Like you've got that great sort of ocean, little bit of salt water curl to it um thank you i'm, I'm trying to raise my inner curly hair which i didn't embrace for the you know decades that i was an executive i was always like flat ironing out and blow drying my hair on the way to work and all the things and just i don't know this summer i was like it's too hot i'm too sweaty i can't blow dry my hair anymore don't it looks fantastic it's so funny you say that. What did you feel like as an executive you had to have like done hair all the yes. time or else? Yes. Right. Done everything and like I still have right. crippled feet from like the high heels, heels. that women had to wear. I or yeah. I don't know if anybody said we had to wear them but we wore them. It was sort and, of I think an unspoken like almost like rule but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And Maggie, we forgot to ask our amazing guest a very important question. Oh, yes. Uh, Jackie, do you want to do the, do you want to do the honors, Tim, or should I? Please. Okay. 
Are you ready to um, help Tim and I podcast the shit out of it? Yes. Yes. Do you yes. Yay. I'm in. I'm all, all in. in. Jackie, when I think of you and I when I think back on the show, which we can't really talk about because of the strike, but when I think back from of that like whole era and your name comes up, I get this like feeling of like, oh, there was just such relief uh, around. Like, I think we felt so safe with you, which is not common. And I don't want to like knock anybody in that position. I feel like we're, we were really lucky to have wonderful people on every single level working on the show, but there was something about first off, Jackie was like, Jack, you were, you were like one of the top executives in our business and the most caring, creative, aware, like funny, funny, you weren't like a small talk, keep the guard up, keep the distance, going to come visit occasionally and da, da. you would just like cut through it and be like, how are you? <laughs> this is what I was saying. Like you were so different from what I had experienced and we were so lucky to have you because well, you gave, yes. I yeah. thank you. I received those compliments. My head is a little swollen from them, but I I, I received be. them Should and be. I appreciate them. But I will tell you that it was also th the compliment goes both ways, which is we were so lucky mm. as a network to have you guys, Steve and the group, the the cast, the writing, the the writer's room that we had, the production team that we had. I mean, it was just like, it was just so much fun. It was not work. It was like being with people you had known your whole life and just being so grateful to have such smart, creative, capable, loving people to spend time with. Like, that's what it was like. And even in I mean, I, and I didn't know the rule about not talking about the show, so I'll be careful about how much I talk about the show. Which, yeah. Maddie, um, there's an episode we referenced earlier on, which I wasn't recording. Oh. I forgot to give you the, um, the the email text that we never discussed a certain episode that noticed the pilot because a certain ray of sunshine was missing from the episode. Oh, stop. Yes. No, no, no. We and I know that. No, and I know that. And And I will tell you, ray of sunshine I was listening to an earlier episode of yours and Ray of Sunshine is a perfect description of Maggie. It, it truly is. It's just, you brought like another element that I didn't actually think is possible because the show had so many rays of sunshine and you are next level when you came. Uh, you're just missing that one thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's really mm -hmm. nice. I appreciate that. And also I feels, as you said, I mean, I just feel like I got so lucky to step into uh, this group of people. Um, and, and uh, as we, Tim and I always say, it's sort of like this gift that keeps on getting, like, we're all so close yeah. still, even yeah. just like seeing you, I feel like I saw you yesterday. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. Like, I feel the Hey same Jackie, way. what's happening? And it's been what a decade. You know, Probably. like it's crazy. Yeah. What I love too about you was like, I remember talking to you at one point and you, you were like, um, we're moving to Hawaii <laughs> and I'm going to continue to work from there. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I remember you being like, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out and we're going to yeah. do it. And yeah. like you, 
with your family, like in it, you just, you decided to say, oh, they're like, we can still be creative in Hawaii. <laughs> and yes. now how funny, right? Everything is remote. Well, like, that's almost. the funny thing. Cause that was yeah. 2009 and, and in 2020, everyone did what I did. You know, it's just, 100%. it was just 11 years later, but yeah, everybody but figured out rules. Like you were so brave and you were so like, this is what I mean. Why you were so different and like a trailblazer and like it, you were, you were so far ahead of, of so many things, but even just the creative mindset that we all had on that show that we can't mention, uh, we, you, you brought, I remember like, I remember overhearing conversations just because of the closeness to James and proximity mm-hmm. that I had and whatever of like, like, I remember thinking, wow, she's a, you're like the whole packet. You could have, you could be a writer on the show, producer on the show. Like you're an executive, which I'm, I don't know for people like listening, um, ideas. Yes. But like the hands-on, like you were like the, in the room, you would be in the room if you could be like in the writer's room. Like you were so hands-on. Again, I think that so much speaks to who was running your show. I think the fact that Steve was just so inclusive and so trusting of everybody in the process. And you saw it as a cast member, just, you know, he empowered everybody who loved the show to share their ideas and their concerns and everything, because I think he knew and trusted that everything was coming from a place of love. It was never us, them, he, she, um, North, South, East, West, (laughs) like none of it. It was all, it was all like, we love this and our intentions are all the same, which is we want everyone to have fun and we want to make the best show possible. And we want it to run as long as it can. And that was it. Like, so those are all the same goals. Right. Yeah, there's a very, something very interesting. Much like Steve, we've always talked about how Steve has no asshole policy with his cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're on a show, you don't get to pick your executives. But um, his no asshole policy really um, locked out and we got some like, it went along to, with Jackie as well with our executives. A hundred percent. I mean, but- that I loved about working with you is because it was really one of our first sort of new big shows. And I didn't know, I mean, as a young actor on the show, an experienced actor on the show, I mean, it wasn't that young, but um, had not been around the business that long. It was always a very intimidating wall between, oh, it's the executives are coming. Mm-hmm. And always. so you were just the exact, you could not have been less of the scary executive type. You're yeah, always- you rewrote that for all of us. You like, like course corrected that feeling for all of us of like, oh, oh, like I would get nervous. I'd like go in to do a scene. And if I knew the executives were there that day, it was just always a little, I don't know, but it was the complete opposite with you. It would be like, ah, I can't wait to talk to Jackie. <laughs> She's going to oh, have such good ideas. That is so sweet. Well, I have such fond memories when you guys were not on set of you and I, Maggie, you and I and James went to lunch for yeah. at sushi and like ate our heads off and laughed oh and giggled. God. And Tim and his family actually were on Maui and we had a poolside day many years ago when his girls were really little. It was just around the time you moved over there. I think so. And so again, you know, it just, it wasn't like we, we just felt like, I hate to use the cliche, but it just felt like family, you know, and our, and this show felt like family. And I think it extended off the set is the point. Cliches exist for reasons. By the way, Allison says hello, and she really wanted me to make sure to bring up 
during that trip to uh, Maui, you um, she said she was at when we were hanging out with you in the house. She said she was having a bit of a pity party, and you really kind of like course corrected her and helped her a lot. Much like you pivoted into your uh, into your new role in life. Wow, thank you for that. Um, I don't remember that. I just remember just having the most delightful visit with her and your family, and it was just fun. And I just remember just how warm and sweet she was. So thank you for that. Well, she she very much um, remembered that meeting and how you had helped her a lot. Wow, I love that. Changing her perspective on life. I think it was. um, It might have been something about her having to be sort of a single, a single mother to kids with her husband working out of the country and I that think was a lot a down about that so i think you really helped her sort of see it in a whole different way i think the words were something like she had said well thank god your husband's got a job that can actually you know pay for for help on the outside oh. isn't that funny <laughs> like somebody t- isn't it weird when somebody tells you something that you've said and you're like wow i, said that. I, oh. I remember I remember the locations, I remember the vibrations, but you don't remember the specificity of your words. It's so interesting oh. like, to hear them back. I like, I go offset. Jackie, I remember talking to you about so many things offset, but I remember my favorite thing about you was it was like, again, we go to lunch with sushi, whatever, and like small talk out the window, anything like everything was like off the record. We were like, Let's get into it. And I remember talking to you about traveling alone at one point. I think I was like, I forget where I was going or what I was doing. And we had a conversation about that. I want to say it was somehow linked to when you were telling me, I remember when you told me about when you were going to Hawaii, because I I think for a moment, all of our hearts were broken just because we thought that would also mean that like, we don't get you anymore, but we still got to like have you <laughs> even while you were away. And then I remembered having a very like girl to girl, similar probably to Allison conversation with you just about girl things. And you're so nurturing. I mean, it's a bit like private or I would share it on here, but I remember having, uh, I had some questions about things going on in, in my life and like what I was doing or where I was going or whatever. And you were just like, focus this is the thing with Jackie anytime you have a conversation with her even just like right now like it it was like a laser focus you heard every word and you were never like quick to formulate any sort of response or answer you were always so thoughtful and intentional with everything you said like it was such a thing where I was like this is this is who I this is in in that the I hope this is okay to say, but even in the position you had, like the power you held and everything else, you were like, I, I remember thinking that's how I'd want to do it. Like if I was in, like, I'd want, I want to do it like Jackie. <laughs> well, had again, it all going on. again, I think that you, um, back at you all because uh-huh. you guys are all such, and it's a testament to you, the fact that your friendships have not only lasted over eight seasons and now what will be four movies, but almost 20 years of, you know, you're doing a podcast together. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't get any more intimate. And you're here. And and I'm here. But it it really really is about that. It is about the, the group of people that somehow the universe supplied, um, you know, our network with such a beautiful cast, but Steve at the helm, like really gravitated towards the best, best people. 
And, and that's because he's the best, best people. Like, yeah, yeah. he really, really, really did. I mean, how did that tall, uh, jovial, yeah. loving, open Steve? I really hope you're listening to this episode. Um, but you're right. I handsome, he, handsome, handsome. Yes, All virile. Of, I'll let Tim. I've heard. I'll, I'll let Tim. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think about everybody around it, everybody we've talked to. It's funny now talking to you too, just because we all share the same feeling on every single, in every single part of this, which is just this like deep, deep love and gratitude. Like, how did we get so lucky? And yeah, yeah. And like we always say, like, while we were in the show, while we were in it, we were we were smart enough or fortunate enough to really realize how lucky we had it. Yes, right. we were. We we did know. Yeah. That it's now this this love letter to the show that we don't talk about. That is this podcast. Like Mags and I, truly, like just like back then, we realized how like we have it now, being in the moment now with, with the love of this show. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that you just said 20 years later, we're still here. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I was thinking about, so I'm rewatching the pilot that shall not be named and the show that shall not be named during this period of time. And I'm rewatching, and there was a moment where I thought, what if I watch this and it's not as good as I remember? Like, what, what if it's just, it was like I drank the Kool-Aid and, you know, my butt was on the line and so I had to love it or something like that. Or it just doesn't age well or it doesn't make sense. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that one. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my God. And there's a moment in it, which is very seminal to the whole series, but it's, you know, where the father-son portion comes in. And like the same lump in my throat formed that happened when I read the script, when I saw the dailies, when I watched the first cut, when I watched the final cut, when we got the research, when it aired. And it's amazing that that visceral reaction is still there mm. that many years later. That's right, I missed yeah. it. I know we're talking around it. Was there a specific moment you're talking about? Yeah, um, so it's, uh, it, it's dad and son. Yeah. Okay, I know those yeah. Ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, am I, am I, can I not say my favorite line from the pilot? Can I say not it. say it? Chicken, extra chicken. <laughs> it's Tim's line when when no. yeah. that I get that line when they go to the lunch yes and to this day no matter what happens when somebody orders chicken on the menu <laughs> I always say in my mind extra chicken like always like it is so ingrained in my it's just one of the funniest lines ever extra chicken chicken extra chicken Got to yeah, remember that yeah. so well too. <laughs> I'm really honored that I get I get your favorite line from the pilot that we don't speak yeah. about. We yeah. don't speak about that. No, we, we don't speak about we that. Don't, we don't but then you know, that. and again, similarly, you know, and then watching the next episode and look, I thought the pilot was pitch perfect, mm -hmm. and then, yeah. and then you come in. No, seriously, we're back to the Ray pilot, of Sunshine. The pilot's wonderful. It really you come, is so you good. come in in that first scene in that second episode. And nail it. Aww. Nail it. And I'm like, how in the world could she match this energy of this 
group of people who have already solidified, right, and found this cadence and this bizarre rhythm, because it's a bizarre rhythm because it was a detective show and it was a yeah. one hour. And so it had to be yeah. dramatic. Yeah. And like, how are you going to thread the needle that Seamless. these guys did and you did it seamlessly? Thanks. Thank you. Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. Honestly, truly, the nighttime routine thing and getting to sleep, I think it actually works. I mean, from babies on. <laughs> Introducing Beam Dream. You know, we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder and their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleeps have never tasted better. It's true, they're so yummy. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. Beam is a functional wellness brand that makes products for all day wellness and better sleep. So there are way more products you can benefit from in addition to the best-selling Dream Powder. Dream Powder is so nice. Find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time. 40% off. Did you hear that? When you go to shopbeam.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple at checkout. That's shopbeam.com. B-E-A-M dot com slash pineapple and use code pineapple for 40% off. Support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. Perfect timing, honestly, because fall is on its way and my wardrobe could definitely use a refresh. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. From luxurious cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories to elevated versions of all your everyday staples. In any season, but this one especially, their sweaters are the it item. I am obsessed with the Flynn cashmere sweater. Oh, I'm obsessed with all of her cashmere. It's like the perfect everyday v-neck. Literally every day. I wear it all the time. You're going to see it on this podcast. The Cashmere Francis Polo is super cool, like vintage inspired. They have that back in new shades and you can bet I'm adding both to my cart ASAP. I get compliments every time I wear Jenny Kane. They're just so comfortable. They're classic. It's just like the best, yummiest staples to have in your wardrobe. And they're so comfortable. I truly live in them all season long. Jenny Kane is that type of brand that you never want to take off, truly. I got the Cashmere Fisherman sweater and it's one of the softest fabrics I have ever, ever felt. I can't even handle it. And the color options are perfection. Jenny Kane is known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters. And trust us, they do cashmere better than anyone. The Cashmere Fisherman and Cashmere Cocoon are the best sellers in every season. But I am always, as always, most excited to style them each fall. Fall, it's, they're just so yummy, you all. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. I love to pair the Jenny Kane sweater with everything from classic denim to a simple slip dress for a look that's effortless and so easily put together. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. They also have a stunning collection of home essentials, timeless furniture pieces, cozy throws, perfectly curated decor, and the most incredible 
incredible candles. I keep one in every room. Oh my gosh, I love her candles. Plus, they have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back in every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code Maggie at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code Maggie. Like getting dressed, be one less thing to worry about. This is the magic part of everything that I get, I literally get struck by uh, because, you know, I know what was happening in my life. I was on another show and we didn't know what was going to happen with that show. And then that show late, late, late got the, actually, we're not going to bring it back announcement. And I read the pilot um, and like, I knew they were recasting and I when I, I hope I can say all of this but uh I kept saying there's not a Juliet like I don't know I was like reading the pilot I'm like this is I remember calling people and saying this is like one of the most genius things I've I've read like this idea the funny with the drama with the th- like it was just something new and but I was like I, I didn't see Juliet in here I saw a different character and it was like, no, the show is, uh, they're going to, you know, send, there was like sides that came later. And my sides were that scene, the diner scene. Right. And I, audition scene, right? Yeah. 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 And then I think one other, but that's the one, of course, I, I remember. And I just remember reading with Rodriguez and meeting Steve. Jackie, were you in the room? You were for one of the last ones. I feel like I remembered meeting. Oh no, maybe so, not. No, yeah. I don't think I was there for your audition. They, I they met you. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. met you for the first time on the set. It was Steve Kelly and Chris. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was it not was there. One um, of the first times, which God bless you all. One of the first times that finally, the testing process, which we've talked about, is yeah. so brutal. Um, at networks and whatnot, it's brutal and it's still the same mostly, but this was one of the first times they were like, they're going to tape it and show the tape to everybody. Yeah. yeah. So it was me and James and Steve, Chris and Kelly were there as well, but like hanging out and having a good time and just this, like, like we just get to play. And I had known of James, but I didn't, I had never met him. And I, it's just, anyway, so when, when I came along, like, I didn't, I, I knew the energy, I'd never, I hadn't seen the pilot, but I had known, like, I read the script, and I knew that this was genius, but I was, like, getting this whole new character, yeah. so in a way, it was, I will say, like, because James is so, such a collaborative person, as you know, mm-hmm. even in the audition process, like, he was so, like, are you down to, like, play, mm-hmm. and improv, yeah. And I, and I, he went so off book in yeah. that test with yeah. me. Yeah. And it was the most fun. I think I was literally like, I did care if I got it or not, but I do remember being like, just to have had this experience alone, like I feel like has corrected so many bad audition experiences because it was so lovely, but the energy that like he brought, it was easy. Same with Steve, like reading the scene, working with the two of them. I feel like I didn't have to do anything but show up. But what I love is one of your earlier episodes, Tim talks about the same experience with James Mm -hmm. and then says, and says, 
I was going to kill him because he went off book and started improv and I'm just trying to get the audition right. And he's like, you know. So I was just about to bring up, I find it peculiar that he asked you if it was cool if he improvs, but didn't ask me. He, for some reason, didn't feel um, inclined we had, to. It was a different kind of audition, though. It was like me and one other person. Like, it was one character. My guess is probably the day that he read with you was probably like a bunch of characters coming in and reading. And I say that, and I'm almost realize I'm almost, I don't know for sure that it was like, I'm, are you okay with it? Or more just like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and like, just, let's just see where it goes. Because my testing process was not typical. Like it was very like, like, let's play and yeah. work session versus yeah. like, oh, yeah. you're going to come in and present this performance to like a bunch of people. It was so different. So I think there was naturally already a little bit of like, all the the weight was kind of taken out of it and we just got to be silly and also he was probably or, super comfortable at that point because the show had gotten picked up and he was set yeah or, hmm, or, let's see between mag and i what could be the possible difference what do you Very mean attractive blonde young woman <laughs> uh, yeah not as blonde well now yeah. gray, older dude i think that <laughs> had something to do with it maybe but do you think tim that it's possible that that play that he made which by the way was so extraordinary because your chemistry throughout the entire series is so extraordinary but do you think that little bit of fire that he lit under your feet which led to this I know you talk about it in in your early episode just being so angry like leaving going oh I'll show you oh oh you want to see Okay. Yes, Jackie, okay. I and I wonder too. if that brought the the Lassiter, not the Tim, but the Lassiter in with the always one. a little bit of edge towards Sean. Again, Jackie not was spot on with that. That is absolutely right. So little do we know that he gave me this gift early on that really helped me find what would be the, who this character was and what this relationship was for the eight years we did the show that we don't talk about. Yeah. And I feel it. I feel it in every scene between the two of you where you're always like, oh, please, you know, it was that, not again. That seed was planted in, in our pilot, in our test audition. Yeah. I yeah. love that so much. Like, I honestly, well, he, he made me better, too, in my test. My, I was nervous as hell. Well, I mean, he always made me better. But here's the thing that we used to say, because we, I mean, look, this is such a tough needle to thread. First of all, a one-hour comedy is virtually impossible to pull off. And I love, you know, the homage to Moonlighting, which was one of my favorites. And, and I know the history that Steve's dad worked as a security yeah. guard, you know, off-duty cop so on Moonlighting. And he heard that banter and that got stuck. And he's like, that's how I want to write. Um, but the threading the needle of doing a one-hour comedy, number one, Number two, being able to pull off a detective show, which in and of itself is tough. Just have mm -hmm. to come up with a mystery of the week and blah, 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 and make it credible and sort of put the clues together. But then three, a fake detective, <laughs> fake psychic detective. So it's like it's like what? a layer upon layer on a play layer. And just to give you a little bit of backstory, which you may or may not know, I was on maternity leave when Bill McGoldrick and Lindsay Sloan bought this pitch. Did not know that at all. Yeah, did with not my, know that. With my third daughter, I took an 11-week maternity leave. And in that 11 weeks, 
Steve Franks came in and pitched this idea. And they were my two vice presidents and they heard the pitch. And when I came back, or maybe, maybe even while I was on maternity leave, they're like, we're buying this pitch. Um, you're going to love it. And he's not going to, the writer's not coming back with the story because, you know, you have to pitch, there's a process, right? So you have to pitch the idea and then you have to come back and pitch the pilot story or write mm -hmm. the outline, one or mm -hmm. the other, sometimes both, depending, I forget in those days what we required. Um, but the first pitch is just, hi, nice to meet you. Do you have any ideas? You know, that kind of thing. And then you pitch the story and then maybe you tell the backstory of where it comes from. Maybe you don't, but you're not pitching the pilot yet. Okay. Um, so I'm back maybe a week or two from maternity leave when Steve came in and pitched the pilot. So I heard it from that point <laughs> and, um, there's sort of a great story and I don't even remember the timeline of it, but the backstory of the hats was not in there. It was not in the original pilot script. Real. And yeah, and I don't remember exactly how it came, but it was Jackie's something like, like it was my idea. I just don't no, want to say no, it. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. But but what had happened was Steve got so nervous when I came in, and I think because he didn't meet me the first time, and also I was Lindsay and Bill's boss, and so there was this a little bit of like he was kind of all over the place in the pitch, and oh. and he left, and I looked at them and I was like are you guys sure that, you know, this is what you wanted to buy? And they're like, there was this whole other thing about his dad and being a cop. And like, he had left all that out or at least the part, oh, you know, and some, I forget it. how it all came to be, but somehow through that, they called him afterwards and they're like, you, you forgot to picture the part about, you know, your dad being a cop and how he would always, you know, and then that came to be the cold open. And oh, then, it, yeah. I have chills. So, but it was, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't anything. It was that this piece, this kernel that they fell in love with was not there in the second pitch or in the pilot pitch. And then it came back and then it just, when he delivered the script, it was flawless. Like oh. it was, I mean, I'm sure we had notes cause we always have notes, but it was flawless. It was it was so exactly the excitement that they had when they heard the pitch the first time. And oh, I was like, you guys are a hundred percent right. This is amazing. And then we were just off to the races at that point. Oh my God. It's, it's funny you mentioned Lindsay Sloan because the day after I, I think I emailed you to ask if you would come be our guest, I ran into Lindsay just randomly on the street. So um, no way. Isn't that crazy? He sent me a text. Weird. He's like, guess That's who I just weird. ran into? Yeah. So I'm going to try and get Lindsay on very soon to get her story. And let me ask, because just because I don't know what, and explain to our, our beautiful and handsome, gorgeous listeners, what what was your title? What, I mean, not your title. What, At what, that what, point, what my, I think when Psych was developed, I was probably senior vice president of drama series, scripted series. Okay. Um, so... Um, my boss was Jeff Wachtel. He was the executive vice president of all programming. And then I had a counterpart in alternative. Um, mm. And I had a counterpart in long form, meaning movies of the week. Yeah. And through the run of the series, when I moved to Maui, I took, um, I jo my job got, this is a long story, but Bill left the network and went to work for a different network. And then I wanted to move to Maui. And so we, they divided 
when I wanted to move, they were like, well, you can't run development and current and all these things. And I'm like, yes, I can, but no, I can't. But um, so I moved and Bill and I split. He came back to the network. He took development and I took current. So that's wow. why I was with Psych for the run of the series. The but there were always the executives working on it, different executives than me. Well, I was not the only current executive. So the answer is I was head of development when it was developed. And then I was head of current for a portion of its life. And then I came back to live in LA and I was executive vice president of programming, which meant I had drama series, comedy series, reality or alternative and long form. So I took over the whole umbrella for the network. So I was head of programming for three years. And then, so you moved back to LA. I did. And from 2016 to 2018, I was back in LA. And then went back. And then went back. And then, yeah. yeah, And then I left television completely in 2019. And that's when I segued into a whole new career of being a life coach. Oh my gosh. So inspiring. And what timing. Yeah, it was really, it was really good on a lot of levels, but I just felt like I would have stayed in television probably if they had allowed me to continue telecommuting, but just people were too afraid of it, ironically, right? Hilarious. And a year later, uh, a year and a half later. Yeah. We were in uh, yeah. I mean, it's not funny, but yes, uh, it is, but it is funny. It's crazy to think that like, it's not crazy. It's dare I say, believing well, yeah, but I'm saying it's crazy that they were that they were scared uh, that like your talent, your creative ideas, your work ethic, or anything would be any different, uh, you know, via yeah communicating this way. Um, that they were like sorry, and yet a year and a half later, and still even now three years after that, it's yeah. the main form of what we do. I feel 100%. like a lot of people. It's yeah. absolutely crazy, but, but good for you for, uh, in a way, n- kind of knowing even what you wanted to do and where you wanted to be that didn't stop you from going. Yeah. And now I would assume you're doing something you were made to do, it sounds like. And I, in hindsight, I am so grateful for, I am so grateful for a 33-year career in television. I mean, that's a long run. And I got to have the job that I always wanted, which was to run a network, um, be head of programming for a network. And the fact that we were, I started there in 2001. I started at USA in 2001 and left in 2018 or 2017. Um, That's a long run. Yeah. That's a long run to be anywhere. And and prior to that, you know, other networks and other studios and other development and comedy and drama and all the things. So I got to do everything I wanted to do in TV. Um, I mean, that's a long run in any industry, let alone oh my God. anything in entertainment and television, specifically television. Yeah. You know, so so I just... just- I just feel yeah. very grateful for that. And and yeah. I think the thing that I loved, although I do love, I do love entertainment. I do love TV. I don't think I could have done it that long if I didn't. But I think the thing that I loved is the thing that you hit on very early on, both Tim and Maggie, that I love people's stories. Like I love that more than anything. And I think for me, I'm unusual in the way that I approach development. I didn't approach it based on credits. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I didn't approach it based on anything other than gut instinct and really the personal story behind the story. Mm-hmm. It's probably why I don't love science fiction that much and I don't love fantasy that much because I really love the personal stories. People. Yeah. I like I like stories about people and I love things that are funny. And if I can marry the two where there's like pathos and comedy, you know, then it's just like, it's a home run. So for me, anytime I could hear someone's story, and I think it's why I loved the pitch was that Steve was talking about his own love of moonlighting banter and, mm-hmm. you know, what his father did and how he didn't want to be a cop, but how he got these observational skills. Or I like the personal story. And I was always interested in that aspect of what's the personal story in the TV series that I'm about to develop. Even if it's not a true story, right? It could be the neighbor or a friend or a book they read. It didn't matter, but it was like, what's, what's the gut? What's the heartbeat underneath it? And so I just took that into coaching. And so now what I do is I listen to people's personal stories and hopefully help their dreams come true. Right. Wow. You manifest your move over to the Island. Mm-hmm. And and now you sort of manifest this new pivot. You like seems like you've been pivoting for a long time. Like Mags and I are not pivoting with the show. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think that I don't think it was with like a grand master plan. Like I don't think it's not a conscious thing. It's I think it's the yeah. ability to think on your feet. Yeah. And and, and, and sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Just I was going to say, you know, listening to your gut when you can. I mean, I don't think I always did, but but I think listening to your gut and sort of following a path that feels honest. Mm-hmm. I would think of self-awareness going, I'm not happy right now. What can I do to change this? Yeah. Or what could I do? What could I do that has a lot of experience that could maybe help somebody else, I think was really what I was thinking. Yeah. You took your own kind of what you had learned and what you felt and decided to kind of share that with the world to help heal, which I feel like yeah, we do that in, in entertainment in a way as well, because we tell stories and people relate and people, but I love this thing, which I honestly think as I'm listening to you too, like this just podcasting or talking to people in general, we're just like recording the conversations now, but they are conversations. Like we're, we're bringing uh, stories and perspectives and comfort. We just as a whole people, I feel like now in anyway, and I feel like you taking what a like life and career. And as Tim was saying, like pivots, moves, you know, there, back, back there. And now also just looking at you, I mean, this is like, you have this, like your, your, your whole being, you seem very peaceful. Um, I think I am peaceful. You have a a great, you're sort of a a guru glow chill, right? Yeah. Like I, but you always did. I'm literally saying this and I'm like, this is what would happen. I'd sit down at a table with Jackie and I'd be like, Jackie, I want to tell you everything, tell you everything. I need your perspective. I need you to like, <laughs> so this is such a natural, I feel like place that you would just move into. What's interesting is listening to you talk about it and how similar your approach is in both careers. Like I think people, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think the only difference is 
I, I took off the high heels and the restrictive suits and I don't commute and I don't have layers of bosses and I don't have politics. So I took out yeah. all the things that I didn't like. Yeah. And then I approach it kind of the same way. I mean, I, I get up every day and I have the same work ethic that I do as an entrepreneurial life coach as yeah. I did as a corporate television executive. It's, it's the same. I think I'm you can't, you can't, can't take the girl out of the office, you know? So, this you is the whole me time episode. One, one of the hat, speaking of hats. Yeah. Wonderful podcast host. Yeah, thank you. The Overthinker's Guide to Joy, which I can't think, like, I can't think, pun pun intended. Uh, What a great title that cuts right to the whole point of what you're doing, but also this, like, like, this is the problem. Because with an overthinker, as I am myself, as I would say everyone on the planet can relate to on some level. What, Tim? You? Okay. Um... Which no, thank you right, because right. it's what brought us together. You overthinking things and wanting my advice. But isn't that the um, thing that always gets in the way of joy? Yes. Are your subscriptions draining your wallet? The average person has around 12 paid prescriptions, and they might not even remember subscribing to half of those. If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app. It tracks all of your expenses, so you know exactly where your money is going. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending 80 bucks on their prescriptions, when in reality, the number's closer to 200. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services, you use to watch one show or like free trials for delivery you you don't use it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for with rocket money you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button no more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service rocket money does all the work for you rocket money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by 20 percent. all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest rocket money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of 720 bucks a year. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com pineapple. That's rocketmoney.com pineapple. Rocketmoney.com pineapple. We love making our animals happy, and the best way to start is by switching over your cat food to Smalls. This podcast is sponsored by Smalls. If you are a listener of this show, you know that our foster cats cannot live without Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. I feel better knowing we're feeding our cats real food and not burnt kibble. And I can finally open up a packet of food, cat food, and not get nauseous. It would, like, stink up the place. Like, not just, oh, it's stinky. Like, the whole place would smell like cat food. Not anymore. And the best part, I actually recognized the ingredients in a packet of Smalls food. Smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. A few short years later, they've served millions of meals to hundreds of thousands of cats around the world. After making the switch to Smalls, cat owners are seeing some big improvements in their cats. 78% of cat owners reported their cats had shinier and softer fur, and 90% reported overall health benefits. That's huge. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. And Smalls is so passionate about cats, they are working on opening 
their own cat cafe. I'll let everyone know once the cafe is open. So if you live in the area, you can check it out. I know I will. Smalls is the food we give to our cats. So if you want to give it a try, head to smalls.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That is the best offer you will find, but you have to use our code pineapple for 50% off your first order. One last time, promo code pineapple for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Whether you like fresh-faced, full-glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know, the one in the turquoise tube all over the socials, probably because of me. I'm obsessed. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards. So it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I have to tell you about this amazing brand new semi-permanent soothing lipstick. It gives visibly fuller, smoother, nourished lips with a creamy satin finish. And get this, it's fade-free for up to eight hours without bleeding, drying, or settling into fine lines. This incredible lipstick is infused with moisturizing ingredients like botanical oils and vitamin E, so it's always comfortable. And it comes in 12 shades. From natural everyday tones to vibrant statement-making colors. I think my favorite part of Thrive Cosmetics is their bigger than beauty mission. Thrive Cosmetics aims to empower their customers, employees, and giving partners to live their most confident life and believe in donating their high-performance products or much-needed funds that help communities thrive. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash pineapple. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash pineapple for 20% off your first order. BO comes with bacteria all over the body. So why do deodorants stop at your pits? That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Lumi, the world's best whole body deodorant. Its acidified formula is clinically proven to control odor-causing bacteria everywhere, pits, privates, and beyond, for a whopping 72 hours. Did y'all hear that? I'm in Kentucky right now, so you're hearing my y'all. As an OBGYN, Lumi's founder, Dr. Shannon Klingman, met thousands of women concerned with odor below the belt. She discovered it wasn't the vagina to blame, but bacteria on the skin. So she created Lumi, a pH-optimized aluminum-free deodorant that actually works and works everywhere with over 150,000 five-star reviews to prove it. What do I personally like about Lumi? Maybe the fact that I can put it anywhere on my body and the scents are incredible and they last for so long. I'm currently obsessed with this, the tangerine one, but every once in a while I like to switch it up with the peony rose stick. I actually love the peony rose stick. I think it's so good. And it's amazing that this deodorant, it just lasts and lasts last and last. Lumi is aluminum-free, baking soda-free, and paraben-free, and it's even pH balanced. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free, free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code PINEAPPLE5 at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi Deodorant and use code Pineapple five. The original podcast was actually called Joy Hunting. And I morphed it and changed the title because people would ask me, I don't know what that is. And I'd say it, you know, the idea originally was you have to look for joy in everything in your life. But what happens is we have a tendency to only look at the big events to be joyful. Mm. You know, it's like you have to be always like getting married or having a baby or buying a house or landing a job or getting a promotion or buying a new car. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Those might be joyful. I mean, for some people, but joy is in like 
a beautiful smelling flower. Joy is in a great hot cup of coffee. Oh joy God. is in a, a conversation with an old friend. Like this is what that's I call where me joy time. is. Literally, we're saying the same thing where I feel like people have the same thing when I say me time that almost like has an eye roll. That's like, it has to be this extravagant trip or a day at the spa or pampering in some way. I'm like, no, it can literally be standing in the sun for one minute. Yes. And taking a breath. And I'm like, yes. so when Tim told me about your podcast, I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh my God. I need to put Jack in retainer for my family. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we all do. This is why I can't wait to interview you on me time. Like I'd my me to. time is talking to people who uh, like, I'm a student of all of this. Right. So for yeah. me, I'm not like, I, I'm still learning. I'm still figuring it out. And I'm still, so like I have experts on me because I want to talk to, I I want to hear from you. I want to hear from people who have learned this art. I mean, you heard even in the um, decluttering episode, like her whole philosophy is about the inner to the outer, you know, like your space is just a reflection and vice versa. Your space is anyway. Well, you asked such show. a provocative and, and I, again, not to go too far off this podcast, but you asked no, such well, a provocative question in that episode, which really stuck with me. You said, where does somebody start if they're overwhelmed with their clutter or their stuff? And I thought, oh, is that a good one? And her response was, start with your purse. I mean, if you're a woman, right? Start with something very small and Brilliant. clean that out. Or if, you know, your car or yeah. something that's containable. Your desk. Yeah, your desk, hundred percent. Right. Like or maybe just your top desk drawer. Maybe not even the whole desk. Maybe exactly. just a drawer. Ooh, even better. Oh God, oh my God. Um, so, but we'll yes, save they it for go me together. Time, so all of those yeah. things go together. Um, oh my God, I cannot yeah. wait to. Have so, Jerry, I would say, having started to listen to your podcast, you're so, you're so wonderful at these conversations because they are they're great conversations. And um, this one that our listeners in particular will really enjoy, number seventy two where you have a great conversation with our our hero, Jim Rodé Rodriguez. Who just texted and said, uh, oh, such a big fan. Tell her I said hi, because I told him Aww, I was interviewing you today. So he so just... I, I'm now going to call it, I'm going to refer to you forever as the dragon lady. Oh. <laughs> now, I guess all that the, was not well known. No, for all, all the positive reasons he says, because your strength and your... I listened to that one. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go listen you. to that episode, everybody. And but, Jackie, we actually have um, some questions. And I think we can ask these because just from fans and people who listen, we said we okay. were interviewing you today. Are okay. you down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, Tim. Before we get to that very important part of our regular part of the show, I, I just discovered a, um, a big, big, big bonus for our, our longtime listeners. Tell. Um, I'm going to dust off an old one. Kids, so strap in. Okay. If you're watching this on on the Patreon video, you see that behind Jack, just over his shoulder, is a red heart um, pillow. Of course, red being in the what family? It's the Pepto Pink family. So, oh, we're bringing Pepto Pink back. Drink, everybody. You finally get Pepto a drink. drink. We haven't yeah. had a drink in a long, long time since we haven't been talking about the show. Anyway, sorry. Jackie, it's, our, it's our drinking game because I was in a lot of shades of pink the first few seasons. Yes, and- you were. And yes, and Tim, uh, the, Tim came up with a brilliant uh, shade of pink, uh, uh, which has now many varietals. But uh, it starts with Pepto Pink, Love and it. then it can it can it can be many. So anytime I have pink on 
now you're supposed to take a drink. So we're just like, we're just like red. Yeah. But it could just be drink your tea. We're not encouraging, you know, we're just saying. I love it. So we got a little, we got a good eye, Tim. Good eye. I used to have, I used to have from Bed Bath & Beyond, there was a, they very briefly, I think in like the late 2000s, um, sorry, like 2008-ish, they had a satin pineapple pillow and Lindsay and I bought one and I think we gave one to Steve and that sat on my sofa forever and everyone thought that I had a pineapple pillow because I lived in Hawaii and I'm like, no, it's from the show and we bought it. And, but it finally just like, you know, 17 years later, I think it fell apart. Aww. But I loved my pineapple pillow. But that was would have been what was behind me had uh, it stayed intact. Um, I love that. And um, I just realized I don't. I have like a pineapple jar. Um, but I, you know, pineapples are good luck. Uh, they're like a new home good luck. I didn't know this until yes. recently. Yeah. The international uh, welcome fruit, according to Steve. But okay, let's get to fan. Let's get to questions. Yeah, and questions to our dear darling guest. Because we've already covered, I think we've already covered this, like we about what it was like working on the show. And I think let's be, I'll be careful too and what we can say. Okay. Oh, this is good. What was your initial career plan and how did you get into this role? I, I'm gonna guess this is about TV executive. Um, so my initial career plan, um, so, uh, initial, initial, like what did I want to be when I grew up or what did yeah. I want to be once I had my first job in the industry? Two different things. I'm going to go to like, like, I'm going to guess that knowing kind of who asks these questions, I feel like a lot of them are like out of college trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And that there's a little bit of a, like, I could go this way or that way. So maybe it's about what did you think you'd do kind of post-college and how did you get to TV exec? I'm going to get it like uh, Okay, that. so I'm going to give you the very short college story, which is I wanted to be a doctor my entire life. And my last year at UCLA, I failed an organic chemistry lab and thought it was a sign from the universe that I shouldn't be a doctor. And so I... Oh my God. Mm, I so I, sw- I... But I had all these credits finished. Calculus, OCHEM, chem, physics, um, biology. I'd done everything and I wanted to graduate on time. But if I wasn't going to medical school, I didn't want to have to take the rest of my upper division bio credits because I wasn't pre-med and my senior year. And so basically they said I could be a psychology major and graduate on time. So I just took a bunch of upper division psychology courses and graduated. But then I realized I had no plan because for like 15 years, all I talked about was going to medical school. And now I wasn't going to medical school. And I answered a job on the UCLA job board um, for uh, an assistant, a secretary in those days, that's what they called them. And I went to work for a feature producer and um, I got fired after six weeks because he didn't like me and I didn't like him. And then I went to work for two very ridiculously young people who ended up creating the wonder years a year later. And that is in the funny thing about television or theater or movies is, as you know, there's fame adjacent, right? So (laughs) all you need is to be in the right place at the right time and do a modicum of a good job, which 
I was doing a modicum of a good job when that show hit. And then everybody's like, oh, what's the secret, right? Because even if you're the person typing rejection letters and watching director reels and getting coffee for people and walking the dog, you're still fame adjacent because it was a big hit. And um, that landed me my job eventually at ABC as an executive. God, Jackie, what a story and all. Pivoting since college. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, what an inspiring story, though. I think that's going to be really nice for people to hear of like, you know, you never know. And just because you don't have to have it all figured. Like, I think that's the thing that I, I feel like people talk about a lot is this like, I don't I'm I'm panicked or paralyzed and not knowing exactly what I want to do. It's just sort of like go where the energy is and yes, also and and correct it if it's not good. Like it sounds like you, and you can kind of tell when you crack open a door, if it's going to open or if it's not. And that's, it's sort of like one foot in front of the other until it's like, nope, we're going to go this way now. Anyway, that is incredible. Like I, I love this story so much. I actually, I feel like we could elaborate on that for a long time, just because it's, if you, you, you said, you had to have like a modicum of like talent or something. And I'm like, Jackie, you've always been magical. So I'm sure it wasn't just that you were fame adjacent, but it does help in our business. It, uh-huh. it, it does. But the other thing I'll say is, you know, I, I think that there is um, definitely a, there's so much luck involved in all of life, like yeah. right place, right time. Like yeah. let's, let's honor that that, I mean, by the grace of God, you know, where we are born and where, what opportunities we have, whether it's running water, a roof over our head, like that's already super lucky. And then if you get an education, that's really lucky. But we know people who don't even have those privileges and somehow manage to find their way to the top. Like we, I love those stories. You know, people are like, I didn't have parents. I was raised in foster homes. I didn't finish high school and I'm an international rock star or Academy Award winning actor. Or I I figured out how to write a book. Like, I love those stories. So I think a little bit of is is luck and timing. I think a lot of it is perseverance. Whatever you do, whether you're like the best ditch digger or you winning in an Oscar or you're the best hairdresser or yeah, it's perseverance. It's showing up every day, even in a little way and getting closer to that goal. And like you said, pivoting, if you have to, right. If the yeah. door's not opening, then you got to. Yeah. Look at where it, it is. or look at where the energy is. Yeah. Also, I love that you went to medical school and then you Pre, went, pre-med only. Pre-med well, only. pre-med, but still that you know, again, just incredibly inspiring. Um, okay, I like this one. And also, sorry, the fact that yeah. um, after she realized failing that advanced biomed or whatever, that horrible sounding science class. That you, oh, organic chemistry lab, yes. I'm getting a rash just from the fact yeah, that you, me too. you and took a bunch of psychology classes, which look what you do now and how you this taking some lemons and making some lemonade. Yeah, how about that coming back around? Yeah. 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 Later, you'd, you'd be using the psychology. I think we're back around. Here's the other crazy irony. So like nothing is ever wasted, right? In your effort. That's the other thing I would say. So between my sophomore and junior year, I think, um, 
I needed to just take some free credits because not everything goes towards your major, although everything goes towards your major. And there was this one class at UCLA that was, gave me eight credits, which is like almost a whole semester worth of credits in the summer. And it was 40 hours a week, the whole summer. And it was TV production. And I was like, that sounds fun. And I only did it because it gave my brain some rest from biology and physics and calculus and all the things. But that ended up paying off. Like, so you don't even, like nothing's ever wasted. No education is ever wasted. So no book you read is ever wasted. No podcast you listen to is ever wasted. You don't know what's going into the bank for later. Right, right, right. Maggie, being that we are the psychologists of the psychologists are in, and blah, 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 we watch podcasts. I really want to shine a light on what you just said of nothing is wasted. You hear that, kids? Yeah. Write that one down, everybody. Nothing yeah. is wasted. That's yeah. life advice and um, just in general advice. Yeah, I think if you just if you just take even tragedy, you know, it's like if you can find the silver lining, if you can overcome the tragedy, whatever it is, there will be something that that will be useful for in the future. You might help somebody else because of something that was painful in your past. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And that's why it's why everything I see lessons in so many things. Okay, uh, let's do like just one more because you've answered everything without uh all right, how did the blue sky era show? Let's do I like this one. What was the most creative what was one of the most creative show concepts you've come across? Oh, in my or, whole, yeah, in my ahead. whole career. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, or how did the USA Blue Sky era shows come to be? But I'm not sure if we're allowed to sort of talk about network. Oh, I that's a long no. answer, but um, okay, but um, I'm happy to answer either. Most creative concept, I would just say that there is no one show because every time somebody brought something that was inspired or was well written or was well cast and well written. It was, it's like the skies open up. You're like, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know uh, there was like another way to feel. Like, right. And, and you, I know you feel this way when you watch a great television show. Yeah. You're like, I didn't know I could laugh that hard, or I didn't know I could cry that hard, or I didn't know I, think, I could feel that yeah. feeling that I haven't felt since I was 13 years old. Like, it's just magic when it happens and it doesn't always happen, but I would say that I have been so lucky to work on dozens of jaw droppingly brilliant shows in my career. That is, and, but I think that's also your, the way you see it. You, your approach is you take it in. Versus like, oh, does this work here? Does this work there? Is it going to sell soap? And is it going to, it's more like, oh, does this hit the bullseye of feeling? And the thing is, it doesn't have to be some crazy high concept. We've never heard of this idea before. No, not at all. It's the opposite. Yes. It's the new approach to the, yes. yeah, Yeah. In some ways, it's actually the smallest idea. And the way it's executed is sometimes the most brilliant. I, I actually don't believe that high, high, high concepts are the only way to go at all. Um, oh, for and, all the writers and people who are telling stories when we can actually talk about it and all of that, like what an inspirational thing probably, I'm, I would assume for them to hear. Yeah. I always say, tell your story. 
like right. what and, and it doesn't have to be autobiographical so i'm i'm always careful about that right you don't have to yeah. go cradle to grave autobiography but tell your story like if there was a, a girl who broke your heart or a, a medical tragedy um or pain or yeah something that makes you laugh now that you can't believe was almost the end for you before like yeah bring that bring that in your performance bring that in your writing bring that in your pitch because that's what people connect to is the human stories like why do people watch the olympics i mean yes to see the unbelievable athleticism of an extraordinary 1% of 1% of 1% of people on the planet but also it's about their backstories like yeah. how did they get there that's what you're really like falling in love with. That's what makes you root for people. A hundred percent. This is like, I could listen, literally listen to Jackie all day. And I would, no, and I'm so. also going to say, you're coming on me time. So we're going to have these <laughs> stories. Not my episode. And being the fact that I am in the middle of writing something, this was great, great, great stuff I needed here today. Yeah. It's yeah, just I mean, good for everything we do. What like Tim, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to disclose your story. That's your story to tell but you have an amazing story to tell. And I know yeah. that it would, it would really hit home for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I'm Mags and I've talked about this on the show before and um, yeah, I am. I am in the process. I mean, been in the process since I was first in the ICU of trying to figure out how to tell this story. So I am done. And this is a really big week because um, I'm meeting with my, um, my collaborator on Thursday and a very special person who we're hoping to get involved in, hopefully to direct and collaborate as well. Who you'll all know when I reveal that, when that is a solid deal. You know, I have an idea. Excited. I have an idea. I do too. Uh, <laughs> that would be un, just unbelievable. I mean, just on every level, from an yeah. entertainment standpoint and from a cathartic standpoint and from just an important sort of social message. And, and yeah. I think it'll be amazing for you to get your story out there. Thank you. Yeah, now, I just I keep, as I said to Maggie once, now I've said this out loud so many times I have to do it. Because I, I just keep, the day I was like, okay, I'm coming out, I'm writing something. I'm writing, not just an writing about it. story. Yeah. It's like, no, I've talked about it, I've got, it's, no, it's got to happen. So I need to make it happen. Because like, yeah. I've been talking about it for seven years. Now it's like, now it's the, now it's really exciting because I'm in the doing phase. Yeah. But it's happening. It is happening. And you have the right people involved. And it's, as we said, like one foot in front of the other, you are literally like every week. I know I'll talk to like, he'll say like, oh, I'm so-and-so's coming over and we're going to work today. And like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I cannot wait for this. So I woke um, up at 6 a.m. Cause I've had this thing kicking around in my head for a week and never having never been a writer before. I woke up at 6 a.m. and like pulled out my phone and wrote it down and sent it to my collaborator. And I'm very excited about just this. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, Jackie. It's like I, I, yeah. I love that you, that it's that you're taking. I love that it took a little time. Like I love that you're like you've let all of this kind of sink in and and the processing of and still and it's just it it's going to change. As we say, like I, these little things, they change the world. Like. And his story is so inspiring. So I it's like, but I know it was, I need, need to wait for it. You, his timing is everything. Timing is everything. I'm the right collaborator for it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and having a collaborator who can keep you accountable to a timeline is really good too. 
very much so. And a brilliant collaborator, uh, I might add. Absolutely. When you told me, I was just like, oh, like, what a, and a master at that kind of storytelling, too. I'm just so excited for the whole yeah, Me I, too. And Maggie, again, I thank you. I've said this many times. You have always been such an, an incredible cheerleader to me through oh. a, my whole recovery process, but specifically this project I'm working on. And I want you to know just how much I love you and how much I appreciate you for that. Aww. Oh, Tim, I love you too. It's easy. It's so easy. It's just you're the easiest person to, <laughs> to like get behind the rally behind because you're the most inspiring to all of us. So, um, yeah, you just, and this is just the beginning. Like the stuff he's talked about, Jack, and like, like this, 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 the telling of the story and where this is going to, like, I know it, I see it. Sometimes I feel like with Tim, like over the years, even when we were on that show, uh, I would see things for him even before either like he would, or I could see them more clearly because I'd be like, it's this for you. I can see it. And then I'd be like, you know, ma magic of believing was our book. And, and I believe I know, I know it. Like I know. Like, I can't wait for this. So. But it's not just you knowing it. So it's you communicating it to me and getting me to believe it and yeah. in myself. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. You're not even such an invite. That's what I'm here for. And you're here to be my therapist. And that is. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm that. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I love that. Um, Jackie, like, I'm going to hit you up immediately after this because we have to plan. Uh, I, I cannot wait to talk to you about your podcast and life coaching and your me time and enlighten me and our listeners with all this, like this goodness that you are just, and have always been about. And we're well, so, so you. lucky. We, we know you. This has oh, been a delightful conversation. So again, do I echo everything Maggie just said? Thank you. I'm so glad we got to reconnect. In the yeah. Last what a, like, and it feels like yesterday. Like it just, this is, it's wild to me, these people that you we have in our lives, which just speaks so much to you, Jackie. And like, again, so impactful. And, and that after, I mean, you said, oh, nine. So now I'm like, so it's been how many years? I can't add. And I'm, and I, I feel like I spoke to you yesterday. Yeah. Well, di we've definitely seen each other since 09 because of yes. Comic-Con and all the things, but right. yeah, but it's probably been close to Oh, I would say it's been close to seven or eight, nine years. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. It's been a long time. But it's so well, great to see you. And Tim, I thank you for reaching out to me because if it weren't for you reaching out to just check on me about the Maui fires and all is good here, we wouldn't have gotten to reconnect. So thank you for that kindness. And thank well, you for having me on this show today. And I would love to- You should to have seen my face when he was like, oh my God, I talked to Jackie. I was like, oh, oh my God. Anyway. Yes, it was immediate. Well, you gave us a wonderful gift in, in sharing your time with us today. So, it oh my God, totally my pleasure. And it's just great to see you guys. And I wish we could have gotten more in the weeds on the show, but I certainly understand with the strike limitations where we are. But it was just fun to see oh, you guys and chat. We will get you. you back when the strike is over and well, we're going to get into all the weeds. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on the pod and reliving our favorite show. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Psychologists Are In. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Oh, and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full episodes of the pod and ad-free apps. Also, psychos, and if I, I can say psychos, right? In case we haven't told you lately how much we love you, thank you for hanging with us as we have pivoted during this strike time. Uh, we appreciate you so much more and uh and i didn't even know that was possible so that's this is just me sending out a giant gratitude hug to all of you seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.